young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever, in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the Wall Report. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. Mike Jones, Auburn Memes in here, Lobtown. And, uh, man, tough game, but Auburn comes out with the victory. Memes, how are you feeling after the game, man? Mixed feelings. I think the uh, consistency for this team so far is inconsistency. Don't love that. The only level of optimism that I have around that is if you start to get things right, you're going to peak at the right time of the season, which we know how important that can be. Yeah. I think you still see the potential, but you still see some of the problems. We'll dive into some of that. But at the end of the day, you got you got a W. You got to win. You started conference play the right way. You've got an easy start to conference play and it's just absolute gauntlet there at the end. So they got yeah. a little bit more time to get it. I think we saw some of the tweaks. I'm not necessarily going to say that I'm sold on the right ones as fast as they did. A lot of numbers that we'll get into with that. But an interesting matchup with Florida, tough matchup with Florida, but you take any SEC wins that you can get, one and own SEC play. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it was definitely interesting to see the strategy for this game and uh, all of the things that Auburn could have done better, but didn't necessarily have an opportunity to take advantage of. Um, specifically, you know, let's start by talking about the second chance points, right? So, um, rebound disparity went in Auburn's favor pretty heavily, right? Um, 40 to 28 uh, was the rebound disparity for Auburn. Um, And then offensive rebounds specifically, Auburn had 17 offensive rebounds, but only 12 second chance points. So able to get a lot of offensive rebounds, not necessarily taking advantage of them to the degree in which you would like. So what, what did you feel about the effort that Auburn had on the glass? Well, that's actually a really good point to bring up. And I'm sure that we noticed, and it just kind of goes in the fouls and some other things, but Auburn got fouled, got called for some fouls for some pretty, uh, we'll just say physical blocks. I think Florida also played very physical uh, around the rim on Auburn, but you just did not see Florida get called for any of those blocks. And some of those, it's really hard to tell in the moment from a referee how much was ball or how much was actual contact. Yeah, You would think, just given the law of averages, that if maybe at least one, two, maybe three of those blocks would have gotten called for a foul, because some of them were pretty pretty aggressive blocks. Mm-hmm. They didn't. So it's really kind of hard to say. I mean, you saw Broom. I think you saw Flanagan. And uh, oh, there was somebody else. Maybe even Cardwell went up for some dunks that just were completely swatted out of the air. Mm-hmm. They played with them hard. You didn't get those calls. It was stinks. So, I mean, if you look at the stat sheet, it comes up with um, what I think Florida got rated for having six blocks that game compared to three yeah. for Auburn. 
Right. And I don't know if even some of the blocks they had, I don't know if they got fouled, called for foul on single one of them. So it might have been that was all six contacts. They got away with all six of them. Some, like I said, go back, look at the film. I might have a hard time believing that in other games that might not have been called a foul. But anyway, it is what it is. It happens sometimes. You don't blame the officiating. I'm not going to blame Auburn there because, I mean, they just went down there. They put forth the effort, and sometimes the calls go your way. Sometimes they don't. But uh, that was a situation there. And if you look at that, if if let's just say even two of those had gotten called back for fouls or even gone in, I mean, you're looking at you shoot your averages with free throws there. You're at least looking at two more points. Yeah. Uh, worst case scenario from that, if they go to the free throw line and continue shooting at their average. And then, you know, at this point, the game doesn't come down to the buzzer. You're looking at a a game that is the score being 63 to 58, a little bit bigger of a game. And of course, if Auburn starts getting a little bit more free throw shooting, something they've been doing well for a while there, it's not a nail biter edge of your seat kind of finish as well. And that's the one thing that they've got to work on doing is just stopping with the scoring droughts and finishing the games. And or let's put it this way, not letting it come down to the actual finish to know who the winner is. Taken away, yeah. better word. Yeah, I mean, listen, you, I don't know that you can go through an Auburn uh, season that's not going to have multiple nail-biter games. This is just the way that Auburn does, um, and this doesn't really even matter what sport it is, right? It's just the Auburn way apparently is close finishes and give your fans heart attacks as often as possible. Um, but, you know, hey, like you said, a win is a win. They got it done down in the clutch and able to come out with the victory. Fittingly, they closed it out on defense, right? Like a defensive stop is really what allowed Auburn to get to the win at the end of the game. No, absolutely. Here, and if you look at the uh, if you look at the schedule here, uh, this this Florida team had been putting up they've been putting up some points. I mean, even even some um, you know even they they didn't have the strongest uh, non conference schedule to start, but uh, this team could definitely show that they had the ability to score. Uh, we've seen exactly uh, what Castleton's been able to do this season and last season, especially against Auburn. We'll get into that here in a second. But uh, the the key factor for this team is that if you could uh, keep Florida under 60 points, they were probably going to lose the game. And the loss that they had, and they'd had a handful of losses and some weren't great. I mean, you had a loss to Florida Atlantic. You had one to Xavier. You had one in West Virginia, and that was a 84 to 55. So that was an ugly loss for Florida. Then UConn, 75 to 54. Oklahoma, 62 to 53. And then Auburn, 61 to 58. But uh, that that disparity was going to be really close. I mean, all their wins that they had, I mean, they were scoring, just double checking this, uh, 80 plus points with the exception of Florida State, which they won 76 to 67. So. You don't ever want to see a team score in the 50s and beat you. We'll just put it that way. Right. And they flirted. Auburn Auburn flirted with that chance last night. And uh, it was, I mean, oh, go ahead. Now, I was going to say, I think it's interesting the way that Auburn played offensively, right? It was, you know, it came out seven to nothing to start the game. Uh, looked pretty good early. Closed the first half terribly. Right, like I think they went. I I I was making some notes on this while I was there at the game. The last five minutes and forty six seconds, Auburn went without an offensive basket made, other than that three point shot to end the half by Wendell Green. They had some free throws, but overall, it was a very ugly close to the last almost six minutes of play in the first half. 
Um, contrast that with the last six minutes of the second half where they scored, I don't know how many points because I didn't have that in my notes, but they went basically and closed the game out by scoring a, a bunch of buckets and keeping um, Florida from from closing it out because Florida was dominating. Um, I won't say dominating. So Florida was in the lead for a large majority of the second half of the game. Well, yeah, and it just goes to show there, too. I mean, look how this team started. I mean, Auburn was up on them 7-0 and just let them creep, creep back into it. There was that little stretch there where uh, Wendell started scoring all his points like crazy. I mean, he just yeah. you blink, and all of a sudden, Wendell had 12 points out of nowhere. And it's just, and that was the same deal as last year's team, is Auburn will just go through these, they'll go through this just scoring drives, and they'll just have mm-hmm. these awful droughts. And in, in those droughts, they'll just let the other team start chipping away at them and you saw that a lot last year. You're seeing it some that saw it last night. And it was just Auburn has the ability to just put games away. And if they can just keep it to where they flirt 10, 12 points plus on a team when they, they get up by that point, it's just keep it up. Just go tit for tat with them and continue yeah. keeping your foot on the gas and you'll be okay. And it's just they'll they'll get those leads and then you'll look and you'll blink and it's like they're getting outscored. 18 to three in a matter of like eight or nine game minutes. You're sitting there shaking your head. Like how, how does this happen? And it's just that type of story has happened for a really long time. And like I said, going back into last season as well. And then the game where Auburn played Florida in Gainesville, they lost by one point. It was a very similar kind of game. It was a, uh, it was a 62 to 63 game. Mm-hmm. And the wild part about that one is the first half of the game. Auburn scored 21 Florida scored 22 in the second half. They each scored 41 points. Same kind of deal. It was just a low scoring drive. And then kind of at the end, it was like, all right, we got to throw points up. Then it pains you when you play that same team at home, you beat them by 12 points, 85 to 73. And really just, if y'all remember that game, I mean, Auburn, Auburn could have scored a hundred on them if they wanted to. I mean, they, they just had, they had Florida's number the entire time. Now the one flip side point we do want to bring up there, which I teased to earlier is, Auburn finally had Castleton's number this game compared to what yeah. they had the last few times that they played him. Because in the game where Auburn beat him last season, Castleton played 33 minutes and scored 22 points and had just rebounds for days. He had blocks, everything. So the game where Auburn played in Gainesville where they lost by a point, Castleton played 35 minutes, had 19 points, eight rebounds, blocks for days statistically it was all over the place now do you want to talk about what we did last night colin castleton him versus janai broom janai broom wins the first matchup of those two i don't know if they're going to get a chance to see each other again but i would say janai broom won the matchup last night absolutely and uh, there's no doubt that colin castleton florida's best returning player uh they really he's one of their very few returning players this team um, after mike white left had a whole lot of uh, new players come in. Uh, Todd Golden, obviously a former Bruce Pearl and Auburn assistant. So you talk about a guy that knows how Bruce Pearl likes to play. Best friends of Stephen Pearl. I mean, this, and that's another kind of interesting matchup from just the chess side of it is you got a got a really interesting coaching matchup there. So how much of that was going to play? I don't know if we know enough of the in-depth uh, decisions behind the scene, but it'd be really interesting to have that debate. But keeping it, keeping it there with Castleton, most, like I said, most of all these other Florida guys, they were trans- they transferred in. Mm-hmm. So, and a lot of them were just from very, very small schools. So this was kind of a rebuild, rebuild school. Not uncommon with seeing that. 
So that's why there's not a ton of comparables from last year's games to this year's games, because outside of Castleton and Felder, most everybody else on that team, and like I said, I think Felder only played seven minutes. So most everybody else, all new faces, especially all the starters. The good news on this, Castleton played 33 minutes once again. He had a negative two plus minus. Love to see that. Yep. He had four blocks. We kind of went into those earlier. Uh, He had eight rebounds. So about kind of what he had the last two meetings. Where you saw a massive drastic drop here is he only had six points. Right. Like I said, compared compared to the last two teams. And his, his season average for points last season was 15. And obviously, or excuse me, that was this season. It's been 15. Last season was... uh. 16.2. 16.2. So he's Florida's leader last season and this season in points. So you held a guy to let to what's that? A new seven less than his. Mm-hmm. Um, is that right? My math right on that? Seven, six, seven, eight. You're going from what, what was his, his average? Average is man, people will be embarrassed by this. His average was 15. He only yeah. got six. So nine. Jeez. Nine. Yeah. Yeah. That was my Auburn education show in there. Roll Tide. Um, he had nine, <laughs> nine, nine points below his season average, which got to take that. So, and he was the leading, like I said, uh, rebounds. That was another another stat. So he had eight rebounds. Yeah, I already said. I said. I think I was saying blocks, but I meant rebounds. So, so uh, he was above barely seven point six. I will say he's right at his season average for rebounds. But uh, the points was taking taking the leading score out of the game. That was a great deal. Now um, Reeves Reeves is the guy that got us, leading them with uh, with fifteen points. But the fact that they were able to keep their best player out of it, and then on top of that, the beautiful irony is the fact that Castleton lost him the game in the last minute. I think is really the icing on that cake. Because if you heard the announcers on this TV, that is the they could not stop saying his name. Yeah. So. Great, great to see that um, what almost was a devastating loss of uh, potentially Jalen Williams having that just erratic pass that yeah. I think almost everybody was like, if if he, like this was kind of one of Jalen's big coming out games. He led the team in minutes with 30 minutes. He had a high plus minus. He had 13 points. I mean, he had, Jalen had the rebounds. I mean, he was, he even had an assist in there. He was all over the place. And to see the fact that like, and seemingly it was a great night for him if he cost Auburn when it counted. I mean, that was going to be really painful. And the fact that they were able to turn it around and make Florida star player be the guy that cost them the game. A guy that had torched this for two previous games last year was a, mm-hmm. uh, a poetic irony that I was so here for. And I'm happy that these guys played with the tenacity to close it out. And good job on it. Was that Zeph that got that steal? Uh, it was Chris Moore. So, um, yeah, Chris is the guy who who got the steal and threw it ahead to Wendell for the the final bucket. There, it was one. That's right. All right, Wendell got the final point. Now, but speaking of um, speaking of Zep, though, good transition. Absolute menace last night. Yeah, I mean, he was all over the place defensively. You don't really see that on the sheets. No, yeah, he's, he, and that's, I mean, that's going to be a standard for Zeb Jasper. He's going to be a guy that's going to be annoying to your main ball handler. He's going to uh, 
cause havoc in passing lanes. He's going to do all the little things, but he might not come up, like you said, with a, a stat that shows it. Uh, but his his effort and his energy on the defensive end are always going to be things that teams are going to have to figure out how to get around. I liked the energy overall defensively. Um, there were just some really big lapses off uh, um, Auburn had defensively that cost them dearly. Um, but Zepp Jasper definitely was a guy who was playing quality defensive minutes for us the entire night. I was hoping he could knock down some more perimeter shots, but uh, I'm, I'm glad to see him continue to take those shots so it make people respect the fact that he's out there. Yeah, and he, we know he can get it. I mean, last night, yeah, he he did not <clears throat> he he did miss his uh, two threes that he, he attempted. But here's the, the impressive stat here. So Zep, so your your leaders for plus minus were Zep at nine, Chris Moore for nine. And then Broom for 10. So let's just go over that right there. So they all had the, and then we'll even throw Jalen Williams in there had a plus minus of eight. Mm-hmm. Jalen scored 13 points. Broom scored 14 points. Chris Moore scored eight and Zepp scored zero. So to show his impact in that game, even though, like I said, you don't really, you look down the, you look down the stat sheets. Now he did have that just absolute nasty, um, nasty steal right there at the very beginning of the game. I think he was credited with three steals overall and just keeping people very much off rhythm. I mean, he he was he played with a higher energy than he normally even does, and he's definitely not. And that was in 16 minutes as well. The fact that he had that plus minus with no points just shows that type of impact that he can have on this team. Right. And, I mean, Florida scored under 60 points. I mean, that's still an impressive feat right there to keep a team that low. So, Defense is still the crux for this team. And you talk about some of the lapses on defense. And uh, one that I noticed that's kind of been a continuing trend. And Tim, this is something that you noticed too. And you saw it again last night where guys are just getting off assignment and leaving somebody wide open for a three that more times than not has been being made. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the, the wide open kind of corner and uh, wing threes and then the inexplicable rim runs that lead to wide open layups and dunks have been kind of crazy. It's been happening since the Memphis game um, pretty consistently. And it's interesting to kind of see how teams are playing uh, Auburn offensively and uh, allowing that just kind of that downhill uh, rim run to happen. Something that you didn't see happen very often last year, uh, but they figured out how to pull those shot blockers away from the rim and get to the rim easily and then causing confusion with some of the motion that allow those wide open looks to happen, uh, particularly, like I said, on the on the the corner and wings. Um, we're just losing it out there for whatever reason. And it happened way too often last night. And fortunately, Florida's not a great shooting team or it could have been a, a problem. No, absolutely. I think uh, Florida's looking here at their shooting percentage for the game. Uh, they shot uh, all right. 40, 40.4. Yeah, 40.4%. 40, 40. Uh, um, and from the three points they had, uh, that's where it was. Uh, yeah. 53 for 19. So that, that's really, yeah. I mean, but that's where you see, like, they had looks that were good looks from three. Uh, they just weren't making them. So, you know, shooting 15% from the three-point line is never going to be a, a winning proposition unless you can be a little bit more locked down defensively and let's be honest florida did not lock auburn down defensively they they had some good moments defensively auburn missed a lot of shots in the lane that they shouldn't have um had a lot of good looks that they just were not capitalizing on so here's what's here's a crazy stat for you so their guard uh will richard Mm -hmm. who um was zero and four for three 
Uh, just take a guess at what his season percentage is for three-point shots. Oh, he's a good three-point shooter. Um, 41.5. I, I, I say, yeah, he, he's actually a good three-point shooter. I actually saw him warming up before the game, and I was like, okay, he's got a nice stroke. I, yeah. But yeah, nah, he just, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't falling for him. So yeah, I mean, that's uh, the fact that a guy who's a average is shooting over 40% from three, uh, misses, goes 0 for 4 is a... Uh, Great fortune for Auburn, because let's be honest, if he makes one of those, you're in overtime. He makes two, right. you lose the game. Yeah. So that was a uh, that was definitely a uh, a good fortune, too. And then Reeves, a guy who is a 40.8 three-point percentage thus far in the season, he went one for five. So the fact that you had eight misses combined from two guys that are averaging over 40% from deep is... Incredible fortune. Uh, love, love it happening to somebody else who's not Auburn. But uh, yeah, that uh, the the season the the team is averaging thirty four point one, so they were well below half of their three point average. Which how much of that was just bad shooting? How much of that was just good defense on Auburn? That's a combination. I mean, there were some yeah. definite uh, looks that they they actually they made the tougher threes. It seemed like last night, the ones that were open were the ones that they were missing. They were missing, um, yeah, yeah. That they were making some of the ones that were pretty tough. Uh, so it was interesting to just kind of see the shot making ability um, falter for them. You know, uh, you know, we talked about Castleton not really having a great night. He had some looks that were decent looks. He just didn't make them. Um, and you know, credit to Janai Broom had a good night. To start off SEC play, his first SEC game, he comes out with 14 points, uh, four assists, um, a block in 27 minutes of play, and he was able to gobble up 11 rebounds, six, excuse me, five of those being offensive rebounds. What did you feel about the night that Janai had? No, I mean, it's great. I think it's great for him and Jalen Williams, the fact that there's a really big debate for which, which player played the best for Auburn, which uh, which had the bigger impact being the fact that you've got multiple guys that did so well across the stat sheet and the eye test of the game that you can have that debate. I mean, I still think unbiasedly you got to maybe give the edge there to Broom just because of how impactful he was across all aspects of the game and the stat sheet. I mean, the rebounds speak for themselves, 14 points, 11 rebounds, he played 27 minutes, plus minus, led the team there. This is the broom that I think, maybe I'm going to be a little bit more down on him. I had not, I'm not going to say, not impressed is, is the wrong word here. Mm-hmm. I think I was expecting more consistency out of broom, that there'd be kind of moments where like we we wouldn't just see it. We would, I would almost kind of be scratching my head saying, are we getting as much production out of Cardwell right now? This is the kind of game that we're going to have to have out of him because as of right now, there just has not been a player, players that have really stepped up on this team to really kind of jump up on the pedestal and say, this is my team. Mm-hmm. I'm putting the team on my back. Yeah. On the inverse of what happened with Broom, Cardwell, and I would say this is probably his first that I would just say was just a bad game of the season. Did not just do fantastic when he was in there. I mean, he played 13 minutes. They were pretty unmemorable minutes. And I thought uh, one of those blocks that Florida got was on Cardwell. I do remember that. So one of the mm-hmm. he, he was one and one of those those blocks is like eh, maybe that could have been a foul, but you just didn't see. I mean, you got one block out of Cardwell. He had three rebounds. 
you would have hoped, and he missed that one free throw attempt he got. Obviously, Cardinal's not going to be a guy that you look for for that, but would have me personally, I would have liked to seen a little bit more, um, a little bit more uh, production out of him. But the good news is, we're seeing it out of Broom now. If this team's going to want to make a run, peaking at the right time, we're going to need to see it out of both of them. But yeah, yeah you can't. I, I, I think you have a really hard time complaining about a whole lot from Broom's game from last night. Yeah, I mean, I think he had a, a good overall game and able to do it without turning the ball over very much. Only had one turnover, and that's probably the only criticism I had of the game that Jalen Williams had, which is the turnovers. He had four of them, and one of them came pretty much at the worst time possible. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I mean, they were pretty bad turnovers too. Like, there not a single one of them was like a oh, man. You cannot understand that. Like, he he basically just threw the ball away a couple of times in some terrible scenarios, um, but. Um, overall, y- you have to like the fight that the teams displayed and the things that they were doing to be able to get themselves in a position to be able to win the game down there at the end, even though they didn't play what anyone would term as their best game of the season. Um, before we get out of here, let's take one more stab at uh, complimenting some people. And I want to just talk about, we talked a little bit about this, but let's talk about the play of Wendell Green. Right, Wendell Green, Jun- Wendell Green Jr., the end of the half, closes out with that big three to close it to within three to close the half, comes back out, gets a steal on literally the first inbounds play of the second half and goes to the free throw line. Then, you know, he gets another big three early in the half. He pretty much took that game over from that three-pointer that he made to close the half through the remainder of the game. It was the Wendell Green show. Um, you know, of course, there were other players that played really well, but Talk a little bit to me about what you, you liked from seeing the guard play that has been a lot of people's criticism of Auburn basketball over the last two seasons is, oh, we don't have good guard play. We don't have good guard play. Second half, Wendell Green Jr., great guard play. Yeah, absolutely. And I got mistaken earlier. I thought that run he had on was in the end of the first half. It was the beginning of the second half So when he did mm-hmm. that. So mistake on my part there. But uh, that would be the only inverse that I would have to say to what you said there is – he only got three points in the first half. Mm -hmm. So Wendell had a slow start to this game. He played 13 minutes in the first half, 15, the second half. So it was not a result of lack of minutes. Yeah. If this team ball very much in the first half, but yeah, only four shots in the first half. Right. And I, you know, I'll, I'll I'll take that. I mean, low scoring, as long as you're not like a rat. I mean, to be fair, he only shot ball of all four times in the second half too. So, (laughs) yeah, I mean, as long as it's not just we're looking, it was like, all right, you went one for 10. Okay. You know, low shots. You're not, we're not losing the ball or having to put it up in a situation where we got to depend on offensive rebounds to keep the possessions alive. But this team, and you'll notice you even saw it last year, the way that this team is going to put teams away is going to be with the play of Wendell Green. Because when he starts mm-hmm. getting on fire, that's when you notice that those leads start going from four to seven, nine, ten, and then so on from there. He's the guy that's putting the teams away. You got to keep, you got to count on the rest of this team. You can see that Jalen, Chris Moore, Broom to just keep that store score climbing. And we really need KD to be that guy too, but there's just some yeah. other struggles there. But when it's like, okay, I'm not sweating in the last 10 minutes of this game, this is going to come down to the wire. That's because Wendell has just gone off at some point during this game. Now he did have that stretch where he just blinked and all of a sudden he got all those points in the second half, but he has, uh, we got to have that. You got to have the entirety of Wendell, the whole game. I don't know how much of that uh, ankle injury he got is still bothering him. It didn't look like it as last month. He looked back to his normal self, but 
it's been great for him that he has, uh, I mean, he went sixth straight at the free throw line. He's been doing really well at the free throw line. We take points any way we can get them. One issue I will have with that, kind of going to Auburn and sort of the game plan here, is you noticed in the game, especially in the second half, Florida was getting in some foul trouble. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, I mean, I, th- I want to say it was around the 10, 12, 13-minute mark or somewhere in there, well above 10 minutes plus in the second half, Florida had seven fouls. And two of the guys that were uh, that were torching you pretty good had uh, three-plus fouls. So why, and you could have hit Castleman too, so you could have put him in a bad situation too, why you don't send Wendell or KD just charging in there like a wrecking ball to draw a foul was just kind of beyond me. You, you didn't see as many attempts to drive the rim there that really could have put them in a tough spot uh, rotationally. Because the guy, uh, Fudge, who was leading leading minutes for him, was one of the guys who was in foul trouble. Yeah. So Yeah, and he's the guy that got that steal down there uh, from Jay yeah. uh, at the end of the game. So that was a – I'm not a coach. I'm not going to – go too hard in that, but it, it just, especially a guy like KD and Wendell who could are really good at drawing those fouls when they need to, I would have thought, Hey, go in there and, uh, go in there and get it. But it all ended up working out. But, um, it, it and I will say that was one good thing Auburn did since we're giving compliments is Auburn was uh good about staying out of foul trouble. They, uh, they were managing their fouls. And when it got to the end of the game to where they did need to play more physical, they had those fouls to give. And you could tell that, um, was helping they could play a little bit more aggressive and that definitely helped uh, Florida get out of rhythm when they were trying to in that last six seven eight minutes of the game when they were trying to really get some stuff going offensively Auburn was able to stay on them because you know hey if we we foul you here you're not going to be able to go you're not going to get any free shots on the line and we're really good at uh, disrupting inbound uh, passes so win-win there for Auburn yeah, and I think they did a a, a pretty good job uh, the most of the night uh, staying out of foul trouble, as you said. And then, you know, it, other than the turnover issues that Auburn had, it was it was an okay night. I think really turnovers is the the big well that and free throw shooting. Uh, good God, like we know this isn't going to be a great um, team from the field, but you got to get the free throws right. Like that drove me nuts down at the end of the game where we missed so many free throws that really could have iced the game for us. Um, but if you if you can limit the the freebies you're giving them with the dumb turnovers, because a lot of the turnovers that we had, I would not call those forced turnovers um, in the first half. They were literally just dribbling into no man's land and then throwing the ball to Florida um, if, if a couple of times down there. Um, but Limit the turnovers, and you can make your opportunities at the free throw line. I think this becomes a very comfortable win for Auburn. Um, but this seems to be who this team is going to be from a turnover perspective. But I'm just hoping that the free throw percentages can continue to get a little bit better, specifically late game, if you're going to have these close games like we did. Yeah, and that was uh, KD being four for seven, well below his season average percentage. Yeah, uh, That's a guy who is good at, good at drawing the fouls, and that's a guy who you need to – be 80 plus percent from the line. Yeah. And sure. uh Jalen Williams as well. I mean, he he I guess he was two for was he oh no, he's two for two. So he made he made both his. Yeah. 
So it was yeah, really the, the only. I mean, Wendell. I mean, he was six of eight, which is you know that's pretty good. But you you usually expect him to be pretty good from the line, so you you wouldn't actually even expect him to miss both of those that he made. But yeah, KD four for seven is a uh, yeah. is a disappointing number considering how, to your point, he is adept at drawing those fouls. You want to see him have you know eighty plus percent from the free throw line, really, um, on a consistent basis. Yeah, and that's a guy. Yeah, it's definitely a guy that you need because, like I said, I mean, if he gotten he was five for seven. Six for seven, this game does not come down to the wire. So right. seven for seven, it definitely doesn't come down to the wire. So it's just those little, it's those little points. You don't realize uh, how much you miss them till the end of the game. So get them, get them while they're free. And that's yep. uh, definitely something that this team outside of Wendell has got to, uh, has got to work on because this team with the way they play defense, they're not putting teams away offensively. So you've really got to count on these points. Uh, right ways you can get them and that's that's uh not one that you want to you, you definitely want to pump up those percentages there because i guess their percentage for free throw this game was just under 67 percent, and that that's not a uh that's not a winning formula that's going to get you games because when I mean, your game percentages were 21 four from three we already mm-hmm. said free throws and overall your shooting was 38.2 so the fact that uh, i think it was blackerby that brought up on his show that uh this is like how many how many games now has Auburn won this season where they're under forty percent shooting? Just like, I think it was like they're it's like they're three for five or something crazy or like four for five. It's like they've won a lot of games they otherwise shouldn't have won, having like an awful shooting percentage. So uh, that's it's it's like a that's a it's a good stat, but it's a bad stat. You know, it's like oh you right. won, but oh geez you 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 really shouldn't have. And the problem is is if that doesn't improve, this will catch up with this team. So they're really kicking the can down the road for uh, surviving with overall uh, not good statistics. And there's, there's going to be, uh, and I mean, it's the shooting and that's where somebody on this team is going to have to look themselves in the mirror and say, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to help bridge this gap a little bit. And I guess the last right. thing to bring up here is not a lot that you didn't really see hardly anything out of any of the freshmen tonight. Not really good. Yeah, I mean, bad, just, mighty, I mean, so uh, freaking Treyor was the, well, uh, we got some minutes in there from, um, Trey Trey. He, he played well. twelve yeah. minutes, but he didn't but, uh, really do. I mean, he didn't. Uh, he didn't get any points. I mean, he didn't really see. He played solidly, though. I didn't. There weren't. He had one bad turnover that I can remember. But he had a solid game, but um, what a but detriment! Yeah, you, you didn't see anything from um, Johan that game. Yeah, chance like, he didn't even, even attempt a shot. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Johan no, chance, chance didn't even take off his um his uh his warm up shirt. So he yeah, I don't so think they, he had any plans of playing him. Yeah, Treyor had seven minutes, and they were just uh, yeah, nothing. You didn't see anything outside of maybe just getting somebody to rest, and and that's where you really got to sit there and wonder: like, is it almost time outside of Donaldson to maybe just Treyor and Chance? Just this is not going to be their season, and hopefully they'll develop in the off season. I mean, is it? Are we are we getting to the point where we just need to almost just kind of write off what their impact on the team could be this year? Maybe maybe we have the answer for that. Maybe we don't, but. If you'd, if you'd have asked anybody that Trey Donaldson would be the leader in minutes and productivity out of all the freshmen, I don't think anybody yeah. believed you. No, no, so. I, I definitely would not have guessed that. It is a an interesting turn of events as it comes down to how the productivity is coming from those freshmen out there. Yeah, and that's most definitely the uh, biggest surprise. And I think that's, I want to say that maybe some of the issues this team is having is probably from how, how unexpected that was. I know we've mentioned this almost every episode, just given what we saw in Israel mm-hmm. did not 
respect. I mean, you, if you just look at the stat sheets, credit Israel, the minutes, the breakdowns, everything. Not uh, not what we expected, or possibly from the coaching standpoint, what was even planned. So, right. But I mean, the, this difference between um, good coaches, bad coaches, and great coaches is the great coaches adjust, and Bruce Pearl's a great basketball coach, and he's got a great staff, and you're already starting to see it with the way the minutes are being dispersed that they're obviously um, ready to do it. You're seeing what should happen with your senior guys like uh, Chris Moore, Jalen Williams that are stepping up into roles that I I think Jalen, I mean, Bruce even said, we're going to build this team around Jalen, but I mean, Chris Moore stepping up in the way that he has is very much to be unexpected. Uh, I don't think, I don't think most people saw that one coming at all and really giving Flanagan a run for his money for what a lot of people thought was going to be minutes that were going to easily be going to him. So yeah, for sure. As long as it's getting done and they can keep moving in the right direction. And we, we hope that, a win's a win. You keep winning. You keep getting some things better. I, I think just the last things you got to highlight here is I think you got to highlight uh, Alan Flanagan's name and you got to highlight KD's name and have them both go look in the mirror and say, like, "What is your impact going to be on this team?" Because uh, those are two guys who, I mean, Flanagan had negative nine plus minus, so and uh, KD's was negative six. So you had two guys who seemingly have the talent to be some of the best, if not the best, players on the team that statistically it's just not showing so there's got to be uh there's there's got to be something out of those two because i mean they they those two players single-handedly can make the difference between what this team can and can't do and honestly i don't have the answer for what that can be but uh, it's there's too much talent between the two of them to uh not be contributing in a fantastic way for this team yeah no i have to agree 100 percent um you get a better game out of one if not both of those guys and you win this going away um they've got to be able to contribute a little bit more and specifically when you look at them you know the three turnovers from alan flanagan okay if you're not going to give me anything on the stat sheet from a points and rebounding standpoint then then you you can't turn the ball over as well right like you can't have three turnovers in the game now um you didn't have that situation. You only had one turnover from KD, uh, but you know he also didn't really do a ton offensively for you. So um, just got to be able to be better in, in those sta- those uh, things of just not turning the ball over, but being more productive offensively because both of them had opportunities to make baskets that they, they just didn't take advantage of. Specifically, Alan Flanagan. I just I don't know that. He he had the one dunk that was blocked, but literally every other shot that he took was uncontested, and he didn't make it. Um, yeah, and the one so, shot he did get was a dunk that was essentially just a it was a, wide open pass from a turnover that was a yeah. transition shot that was really unopposed. You just obviously made the play. You're not going to take anything away from him there, but it was not a, a normal. You know, it wasn't like they were running their offense, and he made a play that uh, otherwise wasn't a wide open dunk that was unopposed in the moment. So it's just a. Right. Need, yeah. I mean, can't can't say it enough. In different ways, you need a lot more, a lot more out of both of them because that's those are two players that have the talent. And it, it's just crazy because you saw it against the game of Georgia State where KD had to sit out. I mean, Bruce mm-hmm. Pearl even said, you know, we missed his athleticism out there. We needed him out there, and it just seems like since then he has not. I don't know if there's something going on. Yeah. He just yeah, he has not really seemed like a different player since he came back from that the game of sitting out. I, I will agree yeah, with that one hundred percent. Because he just, there was that game, you know, I think it was, was it Memphis that he just kept, was it Memphis or USC that he just like kept hesitating on all those shots? He was just over dribbling it. Then we were like, Katie, you're open. And he would pass it off. And it was just like, 
Yeah, that was like, USC. Not, the, the Memphis game, USC. he was super aggressive because that was the one that was in Atlanta. Um, it was USC where he was just, he looked super tentative in that game the entire time. So not sure what's going on there, but hopefully he gets back to being, he he looked a little bit more like the KD of old um, in, in spots in this game. Um, but he definitely needs to turn up his intensity without going too far um, in the out of control realm. But, you know, if you can get an under control KD to go out there and be a menace, um, you've got a completely different basketball team. No, that's absolutely right. And hopefully, hopefully he'll get it. And then the guys who have been very consistent with this team, we look at Zepp, we're gonna look at Chris Moore, we'll look at Broom, we're gonna look at Jalen and Wendell, our five starters. Uh, I think the plus minus tells that they all had positive and the guys on the bench, unfortunately, had negative. Right. So uh I I don't want to see so much disparity between the starters and the bench and I hope that's not a trend that continues. I hope the guys that do rotate in and out can be very effective and have that as an arsenal like we had in last year's team. And we don't see a drop-off when it's just noticeable, hey, we got to rest our bench guys and these guys got to come in because we know they have the talent to do it. So let's just hope that uh, something can snap and these guys figure it out and can get after it again. So big game with uh, Georgia coming up here pretty soon, uh, away game. First away game of the season in the SEC play. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be a tough environment for those guys to go into. Um, but hopefully, like you said, they're they're ready to snap out of whatever this slump is they are in offensively, specifically our our bench players, and we can get back into some uh, some dominant basketball and and not have to sweat out a uh, a close victory. But I'll take close victories over losses any day. <laughs> yep, and that game, we got it uh, Wednesday, January 4th. You got a week-long gap. Then after that, you're going to be going – to uh, your regular schedule of two games a week from here on out through March. So it's going to be nonstop basketball coming up here. So like I said, 1-0 in SEC play. Hopefully a Georgia team that has not found their rhythm yet that Auburn should hopefully have. And then you might have one of your biggest games of the season, having a top 10 Arkansas game coming home on a Saturday to play at Auburn. So that could be a, uh, that could be a campout game. So we'll see, oh, yeah. see how see how that one goes. And I'm going to tell you, if they can scrape out that revenge game of Arkansas, a good, good Arkansas team, definitely your top two or three in the SEC. You're going to have a uh, – you're going to have people getting real excited for Auburn basketball again. So let's hope that uh, they can they can get this Georgia win handedly and then do what seemingly by most accounts will be an upset for Arkansas. And then uh, let everybody know – what it is, and then maybe we start having some conversations around, is this team starting to peak at the right time? So, cross my fingers for it. I know we're all hoping for it, and I uh, hope that they are able to get it going. Yep, looking forward to it. Looking forward to the Georgia game, but we'll be back at you guys uh, once again. Just uh, our thoughts on Auburn's first game in the SEC this season gets the win against Florida. Your man Ike Jones here with Auburn Memes, Lobtown. We'll holler at you guys next time. As always, War Eagle, and we are out.